Hello all guys, gals, and non-binary pals. Welcome to the newest episode of the Noobs and Knockouts podcast brought to you on Twitch, taped live at the Twitch and available on YouTube, on Spotify, and Google and Apple Podcasts. Uh, I'm Austin. I'm a knockout. Watched a lot of wrestling. I'm David. I'm a noob. Haven't watched nearly as much wrestling in the happy spooky week. It is spooky week. We, if you are watching the video version of this podcast, we are in costume tonight. Yeah. David putting significantly more effort into this than me. You just went to a spirit Halloween. Look, I the only like real effort I put into this was dropping 160 bucks on a leather Waluigi hat a few years ago. Okay. That's 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 the extent of my effort. All the rest is just kind of like I have this shit lying around. Fair. Meanwhile, I I am bringing this podcast to Flavor Town. Yeah, Austin's got the best Guy Fieri cosplay I have ever seen. At least I have the hair and the wig. But Look, tonight we are going. We are driving down the road to Flavor Town, or should I say, Slam Town, because we're watching some wrestling here tonight. Yeah. Specifically, we are we are driving down. To Boyle Heights, Heights. California, California for Lutra Underground. Woohoo! My favorite show. Yep. Uh, maybe there'll be some murders tonight. Really fit the Halloween theme. Ooh! Oh yeah, they do. They do do permadeath on on uh, on Lucha. You never know. Mm -hmm. They do. Uh, I'm gonna take this mask. This be this goatee off because it's falling off my. That's face. totally fine. You got a goatee anyway. Close enough. We get the gist. Yeah. Yeah, and and we already did the bit where to make sure people the people know the people, you people. Yeah. So Lucha Underground last time was another was a two title matches, and we were kind of not into either one. Uh yeah. It both both of them. I I mean they weren't like bad matches. They just weren't mm -hmm. like they didn't reach the usual heights of uh, of what we enjoy from our Lucha door. Uh, friends over over in Boyle Heights, right? So to cover our plot points from this pat from the last time we were here, um, we had uh, on Helico versus Son of Havoc, and best match of the episode. It was it was it was Son of Havoc's big trium triumphant babyface turn moment. Yeah, he dumped Evilise mid match and then he won. Simple simple as that, but 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 like simple as it sounds. The, the the moment was just incredible. One of the best face turns I've ever seen. Uh where he he just he he stares down his ex and gives one final fuck you and then Yep, it's pretty sweet. Uh we also so Son of Havoc is a strong independent luchador who don't <clears throat> need no one. No, no Ivalice, no. Nope. Uh so that one that match then we had the triple A a uh, title match between Alberto El Patron, who is still not in prison, against Tejano in a bull rope match that we both felt was weirdly non-aggressive and violent for a match that is a bull rope match. Yeah, uh, a, a bull rope match on uh, between two pit rivals on Lucha Underground. What? Yeah, it should have been great, but it was just kind of there. Yeah, that was disappointing. I, I I still can't believe, like, I just would have thought that would have gone to such heights for so many reasons, but it just kind of felt like, eh. <laughs> you thought it might go to such boil heights. And it <laughs> <was> <laughs> like, 
The, the, neither of those mother, neither of those motherfuckers even bled. I don't. I blading squicks me out, but I thought for sure like this was gonna get crazy. But you know, it just kind of felt like standard fare. Distinct oh, okay. lack of distinct lack of blood in two hardcore blood feud matches. Yeah, seriously. Ugh, whatever. Yeah, uh, Del Rio, uh, El Patron. Sorry, I'm not. I don't want to. Oh uh, yeah, no dead naming here. Yes, El Patron, he won the match. He kept the AAA mega title, whatever. And then we had uh, the introduction of Hernandez to the temple. Yeah, the, he, he's a dude who's worked with Conan before, and he was there to watch the match. Yeah, he was also there to help pick a fight with Cage so that Prince Puma could beat Cage in a Boyle Heights street fight. Yeah. I, I will say, like, I just talking about the street fight aspect reminds me of like, you know, when you first brought up the street fight aspect, I was talking about like, you know, was this a demand of Conan's? Was this a demand of Puma's? Where, you know, where does this come from? Is this like a big kind of Puma finally reaching a breaking breaking point and saying, okay, fine, we'll do these, we'll do this the hard way and I'll play along. But like, it didn't really play up to that. And I, I gotta say, like, I am getting a little tired of the, um, complete character stagnation from puma he like he's just kind of there um and like for being the person who is effectively uh lucha underground's pro tag it, it he, he just he doesn't talk he doesn't he, he doesn't display that many distinct character traits he's just kind of there to do his thing and uh, I wish I could see more character growth from him. Yeah. I don't have any positive news for you in the near in the nearest pot in the nearest future, so Oh dear. Sorry. Oh damn it. Oh well, whatever. But we I think our main take uh my first main takeaway of that match was um Brian Cage picked up the old idiot ball. Yeah. And, and just stopped attacking Puma for no real reason, just yeah. so Puma could recover. Damn, the, the, that's a problem with creating like characters as OP as someone like uh, someone like Cage. He he has to like do the stupid things sometimes in order to um, uh, in order to like lose. Mm -hmm. And then they basically, as we talked about last time, is it like last time felt. Like such a oh, this is where Conan will betray Puma moment, and then he doesn't, and it's seemingly dropped as a story, as a plot beat. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Where where do we go from here? Indeed. Um, and then uh, Black, we still waiting for Black Lotus. Come back, please come back. Black yeah, Lotus. I'm I'm really hoping we get some we get some uh some old some of the old BL on uh on tonight's double feature. Yes, is to this time we get two episodes, episode season one, episodes twenty-one and twenty-two. Uh, the first title being Uno Dos Trace. I'm not going to say the second one because that would be technically a spoiler. Oh, so all you know is the title of the first episode. Uno Dos Trace. I'm here for it. Yep, nice and cryptic. Uh, so if you would like to watch along with us, you can do so at 2B.TV. Uh, it is a streaming service that is completely free with ads. There is no option for a non-ad version, but it is free. So you just have to make an account, and then you can watch. 
it's pretty dope, especially if it you is. really, really, really want to get in on some of the stuff that Tubi has to offer, which is a surprisingly like thorough catalog of of uh, stuff. Not bad. Not a bad collection. Mm -mm. So um, then we will be back to talk in the second half to talk about uh, Lucha Underground season one, tw episodes twenty one and twenty two. Woohoo! And we are back. We have just finished the Lucha Underground season one episodes twenty one and twenty two, and I gotta say, holy moly, Stromboli! Those are those episodes were the bomb dot com. Those were some pretty good man. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you, guy. Uh, uh, <laughs> I, I, listen, I watch diners, drive-ins, and dives to, to get some get my my guy fieryisms down around here. I love that you went that in depth because I am definitely not up on my guy fury lore, aside from the meme that is Flavor Town. Um. And Flavor Town, I think we went to. I think we definitely went to Flavor Town tonight. We went to Flavor Town in these episodes. I have to say, these this is some good shit. Gone or gone is the bitching of last Lucha episode, and, and its place is just oh my god, we're back to all so much good shit going on all at the same time. Yep. So, do you want to do anything in particular before instead of just starting from the beginning? I, I mean, you know. Uh, my to to carry on kind of my usual mo with this there is there is a huge overarching theme these two episodes about dysfunction <laughs> interpersonal dysfunction is the name of the game around here right now and Dario just apparently hating the fact that he has a locker room that I that can actually somewhat like get along because why the fuck would you want to have like a peaceful locker room at your business what's where's the fun in that no nope, he wants chaos and distrust so and i think that's a good segue to talk about his main shtick of the night of the of the week was the in the introduction of the ta of the trios tag team titles yeah and so, and this is the secondary title uh, here in Lucha Underground, and we're having a six-team tournament for it. Each team is going to face one-on-one, -on -one, each team 3v3, and then the championship final will be 3v3v3. It's very funny because Dario states pretty early on that he wants this title to be like pretty much as important as like the Lucha Underground championship, which mm -hmm. is... Like, kind of understandable if it's going to be your secondary thing, and it's kind of cool to, to try to not devalue it. Mm -hmm. But then he tries to, he, like, this is skipping way ahead, but he, he, he has, he shoehorns Puma into this, into this competition. Ch champion Puma, who already has the gold to, to go for another belt that's supposed to be as important as that belt. So, why? Like, okay. On a technical writing level, I get it because we want to like it. Lucha Underground is its most fun when we're just like throwing everybody together at the same fucking mm -hmm. time. Like the the peak so far has been Aztec Warfare, and so like it's fun to just like chuck everyone together in a crazy melting pot. But like from a Dario perspective, wh why are you trying to do this, buddy? What what do you accomplish? What do you gain mm -hmm. from from making champion one fight for championship two and try to be like they are these are equally as important yeah uh i don't i don't know 
Exactly, because I can't even say it's a situation where he's trying to fuck with Puma because he doesn't, unless he also knows of the tension between Puma and Hernandez already, which he might, I guess. But no, well, because like the the tension didn't really pop up until like until this episode during the match. Mm-hmm. So, but the, Dar- every team that Dario himself puts together is intentionally done in a way that is probably going to cause chaos and fuckery. Seriously. I, I I'm I'm he he's just trying to tear people apart. He puts together teams of Sexy Star, Superfly, and Pentagon Jr. Um um uh fuck, who else? Oh, uh, the the other big one is Ivelisse and Helico and Son of Havoc are thrown together into a Yes, team. The, we we've had we the love triangle storyline has now involved evolved into can they coexist? This whole this whole tournament is can they coexist? It is. Also, we can assume that that Dario Kefe put together Drago, Aerostar, and Phoenix, which is also oh, yeah. a team that can't get along. The oh, only God. teams that get along properly are the other two teams in the turn. We have the other three teams in the tournament are uh, Puma, Hernandez, and uh, Johnny Mundo, which are not getting along either. We'll get to that. Mm-hmm. And then the two teams that are functioning, uh, we have King Cuerno, Cage, and Tejano, as as we learned this ep- this sec the second episode of our two tonight. And oh, we'll get to that. And kind of the opening segment of the sh- of the episode, we get Big Rick, Killshot, and the Mac. So Big Rick introduces the Mac as his cousin, and Killshot is just his friend who dresses up in a mask and has a motif uh, as a gun motif, I guess. I I, okay. I suppose there's a bullseye on his forehead. Hmm? Yeah, we it's, as I told David, he gets a whole backstory bit in the he gets a whole intense backstory in the second season i'm looking forward to it but for now he's just a dude with a gun motif and some definitely aggro tendencies he is yes so yeah like the the first thing we get these episodes is big rick coming into his uh, coming into dario's office with his his uh with his new with his new crew yeah because he needs a crew that will not betray him yeah he and he's like, I know what you did, Dario, and his crew like sees his Dario, and he's and he's got a cigar, and he's clearly like threatening to like burn out Dario's eyes. Oh yeah, like, he's he's, he's aiming he's aiming for it, but Dario quickly uh, makes him back off when he brings up this new trios tag tournament, and you guys can be in the tournament. Very conveniently, three man. Well, okay, it's not considered a three man tag, I guess, mm-hmm. but like a three man team tournament. Okay. Real conveniently uh, on, on the day that a three-man team is like menacing him. <laughs> yeah, lucky how that works out sometimes. He's he's just that he's just that good. His his machinations are that fruitful. Yeah. So Rick does agree to the turn during the due tournament, but before but before he leaves, Dario tries to have him shake hands on this to be like, okay, we're good now, right? You're not gonna you're not gonna hurt me. And, he, mm. and then he he denies the hands. He's like, no, nah, that's not what I want. Yeah, fuck and so Dario pulls into his 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 pocket into his office drawer and pulls out a stack, fat stack of money. Yeah, and then Mac and Killshot are also like, "Yeah, our cuts too." And Dario's like, "Oh, fine." Which like, 
I love this, like, the straight-up extorting of Dario, because why the fuck not? And I mean, who's going to complain about it? It's Dar- Dario. He's True. he's earned it. True. <laughs> that Everyone says fuck Dario, honestly. Yeah, no, nobody really likes Dario. Don't I don't know why. I think he, he's a great boss. Clearly, yeah, he doesn't constantly try to fuck over his own his own but he's doing employees. it but he but david he's doing it for us for our entertainment ah uh, yes ultimate humanitarian dario Cueto. you know you're absolutely right why didn't i think of it that way yep so then we get our first match of the night johnny mundo versus on helico which is a quality match um i mean on helico we've been talking about a lot mundo hasn't been around for a hot I've... second <sighs> Not since the cage match. I don't remember him. Since no. his cage match with Cuerno. This was Cuerno's first time back from the cage match as well. Yeah, they're both they both finally like returned from a long slumber. Yeah, they kind of they kind of let them have their stay away while we kind of finish up story arcs with everybody else. <laughs> yeah. The, we're 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 making the time. Yeah, our last couple of episodes have all been have been like uh, focusing on other bit stuff. So, but now uh, Mundo and Quer and Cuerno are both back, and Mundo gets to have this match on Helico. And yeah, it's pretty sweet. Yeah, no, Mundo. I mean their their styles are very matched to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, Mundo's not as much a high flyer as Angelico is, um, but he's got the parkour thing, which is close enough. Good, good, good enough. Yeah. But but it is it is kind of it is kind of nice the way it, the way it is because it's not like two of the same thing they're close mm-hmm. but they have enough differences between them that you're able to kind of like physically distinguish between the two of them. Um, Mundo's is like a little more like grounded and power based and Angelico you know flippies and flyies a little bit more, um, and they 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 just generally are well matched have good in-ring chemistry and i enjoy it. it was it was just it was just quality it was good to see it was good to see mundo back and and heli yeah you know doing his own thing for the brief second he was allowed to <laughs> yeah it's, it's kind of nice to get to see on helico in a context where he's not a creepy asshole and i have to be remembered yeah i know it's so refreshing i can kind of just and enjoy I mean, the guy it is it is good too for like reestablishing mundo before you throw him into the uh the the three man or the yeah. six man or whatever um, you know, nice, nice little, nice little, uh, tactical move there. Um, I was entertained. Good job all yeah. around. Yes. Yes. Definitely. Yes. Not a whole lot to say about it, except it's a, just a really fun kind of almost a friendly, I'd, I'd say it's a friendly. There was no real beef to either of them. They're just like, having no, a match no, they're just there to do know, their job. Neither, neither of them were like, particularly, like, are particularly like outwardly friendly, but mm. they weren't like they didn't like hate each other. They weren't at each other's throats. This was just a competition, you know. Winner, much, yeah. winner gets the bigger pay cut and has a better chance at further tighter title opportunities. It's how it goes in the oh. fake fighting club in the in the Fight Club. In the Fight Club. <laughs> yep. Uh, after that, we finally, David. We have we have spent so many weeks on this show talking. I know she's how back, where is baby. Black Lotus. It has been four of our episodes, I believe, and like six episodes of the show since yeah. she got kidnapped. <laughs> and we fought she's finally back. I have to say, like, they make it they make the absence work. 
Um, uh-huh. She, it, 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 they, they do a good job as they've been doing with the Black Lotus thing this whole time of like making it a very tantalizing mystery. Of uh, mm-hmm. it's it's her like doing a diary entry of like it's been a week. The I I got kidnapped by this dude, uh, who was like who was there the day the monster killed my family, and we're like oh. Yeah. Look, a whole lot of lore going on at the same time. And she's like, yeah, he's training we... me to fight the monster. And we get like some some mix between like Kill Bill, James Bond, and Avatar The Last Airbender opening sequence graphics mm-hmm. um, of them like training, sh- shadow training together. Yeah. So we get the, we, yeah, as he said, the framing device for this is to kind of explain what's been going down is, is, is her, is a uh, black Lotus uh, filling out her diary. And she, she ex- explains that like, thank God I was stopped before I got murdered <laughs> by yeah. the monster Matanza. And yeah but she was kidnapped so we kind of learned that it could have been inferred from everything else but now we know now it's explicitly stated that the whole kidnapping bit and throwing her in the trunk was all a plot by el dragon azteca uh who was trying to save her life so she didn't get murdered yeah uh it 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 was a very like uh it's it's it was a very aggressive life it was um, probably could have just talked to her i guess i don't know yeah but like you know but where where's the points for drama that in the in that case you know i guess <laughs> so el, el dragon azteca a new mentor figure on the show he is supposedly has uh his he can trace his lineage all the way back to the ancient aztec tribes because presumably the dragon tribe or the reptile tribe i don't unfortunately the show never explicitly says what all seven tribes are they just kind of like casually throw them out there in pieces and you kind of have to just know oh yeah these are the seven look they're they're kind of cheeky about all the like ancient uh hispanic lore that they which is of course all horse shit just to just to be clear it's not yeah no not not representative of actual hispanic history yeah, it, it's very fast and loose with the with the available mythology. I would have to say. Yeah, but uh, point being is, as as David said, El Dragon Azteca was supposedly there the night that Matanza murdered Black Lotus's parents. So he is an expert in the monster, the OG, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, not to try to force a reference here, but he feels very lory from halloween uh oh yeah oh yeah yeah especially when you look at these older movies in these newer movies where she's like the old person who just knows all about michael i know she 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 serves as like the mentor she gets upgraded as like the mentor figure right um well also a target of course well you you know sometimes you got to be both you know you got to pull a tommy oliver as you do um but like but i mean like the main difference here being that uh that our boy uh what fuck what name one more time i uh, El dragon azteca dragon azteca okay dragon azteca our boy dragon azteca uh it, we don't exactly have a long standing lore history with him uh as right. we do Lori from halloween but i guess we'll find out more 
We certainly will. I can and they leave that. it at that. We don't. We don't get a whole lot more about this guy. We we just see like shots of of uh uh Black Lotus in his temple learning about the the monster Lucha Libre and she's, Lucha Libre on a whole. She says she's being trained in the art of Lucha, of Lucha Libre. Libre. Which that like, is the best. That's the best way to fight the monster. Which is very convenient because he's in a temple filled with a fight club of people who do Lucha Libre. Yeah. Um. I, I, I feel like it was a foregone conclusion. She was going to become a fighter. I'm kind of mm-hmm. surprised she wasn't already, but cool. We get it. We get a, we get a new, uh, uh, new challenger approaching. Yeah. Uh, new character for smash. That yeah. Is not Luigi. That is not Waluigi. God damn it. Why does it? I actually was like, right before we started recording, I was watching this video of like, um, somebody made like an animation of of waluigi getting a um uh like like one of those like uh smash bros invite promos but it was like waluigi invites himself uh because i guess he's in project m which honestly low-key might just like get me to finally spring on getting myself project m uh what is project m again project m is like like a fan-made it's like a fan-made smash game ah okay it was hugely Um, popular as like as like a brawl substitute back when people were all pissy about how brawl isn't competitively viable or whatever or whatever i i don't care enough i don't give a shit anyway back to our show uh lotus is back thank god yeah as as we continue the lore of the monster in the cage yeah uh she she's finally returned and we're right back to being all all uh all tingly with mystery Yep. Then we get a backstage uh, in the we're in the back in the bathroom and Mundo is coming back ostensibly from his match, of course. And then here comes Alberto El Patron to start some shit. Of course, because he's always got to be starting some shit around here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, it's it's them kind of passive aggressively taking shots at each other. Like for Mundo is like, hey Alberto, how nice of you to be here. Are you just gonna be here to fight guys you've already beaten, or are you trying to challenge yourself? Yeah, and, and then, then he's like, nah, I'm just messing with you, JK, JK. Like, unless, unless, and then Alberto's <laughs> like, oh Johnny, 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 Johnny. Uh, how is it's good to see you? I mean, I I thought you quit wrestling. I, I didn't know where you were, and then I oh found you God. here. Yeah. Yeah, uh, because it, it was—it's funny too, because for some reason I have it in my head that that he's John Morrison in WWE post Lucha instead of pre Lucha. Um, mm-hmm. I always have that in my head for some reason. So I'm like, when the fuck have have uh, El Patron and Mundo worked together in the past? Oh, oh, yeah, they yeah. were they were they were both in WWE for a f- there's 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 a several month gap. Del Rio came in late 2010, and John Morrison left mid 2011. Oh shit! Or actually, late 2011, early they 2012. Have, they so have, there's like, any significant interactions in their shared time together? No, actually. Oh well, well either way, manufacturing a feud. Sure. Yeah, it's 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 the dream match. It's the 2011 WWE dream, dream match. matchup. Yeah, sure. Um, um, and we get some 
we get some uh some shots here they, they they're very deliberately at first like shooting uh del rio's face exclusively in like the mirror of the bathroom they're meeting in um and it's yeah. like okay uh, I see Del Rio went to the, or El Patron went to the Sasha Banks school of promo cutting. Yeah, doing it in front of a mirror. Yeah, the, we get we get some mirror master moment of of him being like, basically being like, you know, I'm coming for you, motherfucker. And Mundo's yep. like looking at himself in the mirror like, oh, shit. My abs look great, but also, I'm coming <laughs> for I'll come back for you. <laughs> yes, I am here for, for vain himbo energy from Johnny Mundo. Oh, if if that's the what you like, hold on, <laughs> just wait. Wait, really? Yeah. Like, I think you're really gonna like where John Mo- Johnny Mundo goes then. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Bane Himbo Johnny Mundo. <laughs> it's he's so perfect for it. I, he is like that's that's what he does best. Honestly, Johnny Mundo more like Johnny Bravo. Am I right, ladies? Ah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. There's, there's my costume for next year <laughs> Johnny Mundo looking at himself in the mirror like man I'm pretty <laughs> man I'm pretty <laughs> <laughs> anyway uh... <laughs> yes okay next uh, uh, ne- next next up we get uh, sexy star in Dario's office as Dario oh, wants yeah. to put her in the tournament in his tournament, because he wants all the big stars. He he is an equal opportunity employer. So yeah, he says. says I'm an equal opportunity employer, and I immediately go, yeah, press X to doubt. Yeah, because he and he who he who has absolutely never plotted to to ha- to see sexy star taken out or anything or any never of his happened. Jobbers. So he puts sexy star on a team. With Superfly, okay, nice. one of her good friends that we've seen and, on the and, show and he's already. Like, he's being all schmoozy about it. He's like, he's like, your usual tag partners, uh, uh, Masquerita Sagrada and Pimpinella aren't here. Okay, yes, uh, for what? reasons, of course, I know nothing about and for, had nothing to I do totally with. I totally did not have any involvement in their non-presence uh, here. Just kind of no, happened. It, it, it's one of those things. Crazy world, ain't it? Yeah. But of course, she needs two partners. So her other partner. This is very exciting. Yeah, he, someone he, who, he, he, who breaks he, he, his opponent. He names, in he half. names Superfly. He na- he names Superfly, and he's like Superfly. <laughs> and then really exciting. <laughs> yes. Pentagon Junior. And yes, then, okay, yep. There's the punchline. Which Thanks, is also, Mario. which is of course sketchy, but also from. That Pentagon Junior and Sexy Star were feuding to get feuding against each other during the days of Lucha Underground. We skipped. Oh, really? Because it was that they were because the it was the Sexy Star and Chavo Guerrero bit, and oh. Chavo Chavo had aligned himself with Pentagon Junior, and Phoenix aligned himself with Sexy Star for that. Well, because Dario also said something about you guys have worked together before. Or yeah, he, he, you have, he no, I think he was mentioning. I think he was talking about like you've worked together before, as in you fought before in oh. this temple. Oh well, I mean they technically in that case have they did technically work together. together. Yes, very, clever. <laughs> very clever. Uh and they will be facing uh Rick's team, big Rick's team later in the main event, which is another thing, is is Rick and Sexy Star were on good terms. If yeah, nothing else, uh enemy of my enemy bit. But and now Dario and, and he literally calls out to 
your buddy, Big Rick. Yeah, you know. This man just wants to watch the world burn. Why is he doing this to all of his fighters? Because he's a dick. He's 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 literally just Lucha Libre Joker. Like he's just being an asshole. Like there's no real there's no real end game to it necessarily. None of his like usual like merc. The crew isn't in the tournament, by the way, which is weird. They're a trio. Yeah. But- that's bizarre. Well, did they get like yeeted, yeeted when Rick? And... Yeah, I I guess we can assume they're still recovering from Rick kicking their ass. It is really interesting. I it was funny because I was thinking in the back of my head, huh? Big Rick with a new team, and it's not the crew, but it feels a lot like the crew. Interesting. I never fully conceptualized. Wait. Why the fuck isn't the crew involved here? I assume it, he's there to still hurt. It's only been two weeks in kayfabe since this. True. All, I mean, happened. I mean, all of all of all of Pentagon's victims thus far are still deeply hospitalized. <laughs> yeah, even the ones that their arms were probably fine by now. <laughs> yeah, namely Sexy's usual teammates of Masquerita Sagrada and Pimpinella. Listen, they're they're just actually being kept. It's actually just shame. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. So they and Dario on to to top this all off is as as, as as sexy is clearly unhappy with this arrangement because she's not stupid and yeah. can see the problem here. Jeez. So she's <laughs> she's kind of storming out, and Dario goes, "Wait, I, I mean, be happy. I mean, this could be your big break." <laughs> I love a good villain that can do puns. Very poor choice of words. <laughs> or uh, the perfect yeah, choice that, of that words. Was, that was absolutely wild. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, we now get to Drago and Aerostar in match four of the best of five with Aerostar up two to one, making this one of the, this being a bit of a foregone conclusion. <laughs> Well, sure. Mm-hmm. I will say I did. I did really appreciate. Um. They they really harped in this one mm-hmm. on technical. Uh, the the term technical, which as they point out and as Austin pointed out to me, sounds like technical, and it technically is, in mm-hmm. that it means in lucha terms, babyface. Because in very classic Lucha, the good guys fought very technically incompetently, and the bad guys were just filthy, dirty cheaters. Ha 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 And mm-hmm. that's why they're called Rudos. The ru- they're, yeah, they're the Rudos. So they were harping a lot on how uh, Aerostar and Drago were both technicos here. They're both good guys, but also, yeah, they're both pretty technical wrestlers, too. And at first I was like, oh, that's a cool history lesson. But then it really comes into play during the match because they're really starting to to play with this angle of it's match number four. Things are getting desperate and they're really hurting each other, especially from Drago's side. I think that was the big one. Is that like and if you want me to like kayfabe of the reason why he won uh, is it, he kind of felt like like it seemed to me like at least what they the story they wanted to tell was Drago's getting more desperate is getting desperate here because he's got to win this. 
yeah, he really uh he really he really has a bit of a stronger energy about him this time. <laughs> he was clearly the dominant one for the entirety of the match. Right. And that makes sense because again, if he loses it's over. Aerostar can eat can still to eat the loss. He has less to Drago has more to lose than Aerostar does in this match. So it makes sense that Drago's came out like a stronger force. If you want to think about it that way. It really it it it, it does scan and mm-hmm. it made for a cool variation where Drago was a little more powerful. It wasn't as uh, as even a match as it's been in the past. It was mm-hmm. more, we we all knew the inevitable conclusion to this was that right. Drago was going to get the dub and Aerostar was going to fall short of it because we have to get to match number five. And right. I applaud them for doing something interesting with it because as much as I enjoyed this being a face versus face or Technico versus Technico, just straight yeah. up fighting, fun, whatever, it is cool to have a little spice thrown in at the very end. Yeah. Um, and, 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 that's... And, and, and on top of that too, we then get in 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 uh if we're talking about that spice we get the moment at the end where after it's kind of a brutal match and striker and vampiro on commentary saying like man these are like i hate you moves this isn't as friendly anymore they're both going for it this this, uh, this doesn't feel as technical as we were saying it was yeah, when we started this interesting huh mm-hmm. um but but we get a moment at the end of the match where Drago is still trying to keep things somewhat friendly and Aerostar isn't having it anymore. He reaches out for a handshake. Aerostar like tentatively grabs it, but then Aerostar like pulls. Do they do that thing where you pull them in and you're like, yeah, you're like getting at each other. And it's all of a sudden, nope, friendship over. Bye bye. And Dario's newest plan has worked perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Another friendship destroyed. Dario Cueto, friendship destroyer. Dario Cueto hates friendship. True. That he really is Joker posting because it feels like the he's just trying to be like nothing matters. Friend friendship doesn't matter in this world. Love doesn't matter in this world. All that matters is money, and I need to Come convince in. all of you of that deep universal truth. He's trying to see if he can one bad day anybody around here. <laughs> Honestly, I kind of wouldn't be surprised because, like, it. I feel like it, it It exists in Dario's mind, the thought that if he one bad day someone, they will become loyal to him. They'll fall in line, fall in lockstep with him, mm-hmm. and he can be the king at the top of this money-making period and not have to worry about pesky friendships bringing up morale and maybe helping people realize that he's a shitty fucking boss. Like, oh God, someone might actually gain some self-awareness of their poor working conditions. Oh no. If they had friends. (laughs) Dario Cueto, enemy of the proletariat. Yes. Yes. So after that, we get another scene in Dario's office. This first episode has so many scenes in the office. Yeah, this was this was another one that was really plot heavy, but I like yeah. it. I like. The I did plot like it. Of Lucha. We we haven't had a plot heavy episode in a couple weeks, so yeah, seriously, I'm glad to have it back. But then we get Dario talking to Angelico, son of Havoc, and Evelise, where he's kind of like, honestly, not impressed with any of you. Angelico, <laughs> you lost to Son of Havoc last week. And you Son just lost to Donnie Mundo. 
Yeah. Son of Havoc, you beat on Helico, but only after you've been losing for months. But and did you was... not see the character growth, Dario? Ah! I don't think he would appreciate character he don't, growth. He don't care. He don't care one bit. Eh? And Ivelisse, you got dumped by him, and that's honestly pretty sad in its own right. But fuck you, Dario! <laughs> and of course, Ivelisse has to be like, uh, no, I didn't get dumped. I, I, I dumped do the him. dumping around here. Which is inaccurate. It's unfortunate you say that when we, we have video TV we have video camera footage, footage of you getting dumped. Look, are are we really surprised that Ivelisse is like that bad a, a, a goat? Uh, fuck, gaslighter? Are we are we really surprised nope. that, that Ivelisse goes that hard on the gaslighting even if there's definitive proof against her? Nope, not surprised. But nope. So Dario has, has suggested, he's like, honestly, all your single careers suck. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to make you all a tag team and you're going to be in the tournament next week. Yeah, because of course he did. And I had a moment here where I was like, no, no, God damn it. Let Havoc finally move on and do his own thing. Let on Helico move on and do his own thing and let Ivelisse fucking whatever. And Austin's assuring me that this, this amounts to something no. really cool. So I this, will, I no, will bite I, my is... tongue. This is great. You gotta, you gotta hold on. I will bite my tongue. I after that, like, really powerful, victorious moment from Havoc last time, where he dumps her and gets the win. I was hoping for him to finally be able to move on, but no, I guess he's got to stick around in in abusive X land for another little bit because tournament that Dario was all of a sudden really hard for out of nowhere. Dario realized that that having a tournament with teams would allow him to break up friendships this way. <laughs> this is why he wants this trio's title to be so important is so he can constantly yeah, that's it it. break up friendships He's and just... cause tension. Rule, uh, rule one of fight club. You don't talk about fight club rule two of fight club. You don't talk about fight club rule three of fight club. Fuck your friendships. Yep. <laughs> So then we get our, our main event of the first episode is the first tournament match is yeah. Big Rick, the Mac, and Killshot versus Sexy Star, Superfly, and Pentagon Jr. Uh, first things first, it seems that Sexy Star, despite being friends with Superfly, did not inform him of their tag partner. Yeah, Pentagon shows up and he's like, Superfly's like, oh, what the fuck? Like, what the hell, man? He was, he was so, clearly a little confused. I'm like, yeah, what the fuck is up with that communication there? Sexy, come on. Yeah. And so the match quickly kind of devolves into not great teamwork. Really? I mean, okay, Sexy and Superfly work together fine. They get, they get along And fine. the other tag team works together really fine. Yeah. Well, Pentagon Jr. opens before we get to the match. He gets a microphone. And he go and he just goes, is that my master? Yeah. Although I have been placed with these two weak partners, and some guy in the crowd yells, "Like, come on, Pentagon, don't say that." Yeah, they, the, 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 we get another guy in the audience. I love that we can hear guys in the audience saying random shit. Yeah. 
he, he doesn't like that this down talk, but he explains that he is going to win the trio's titles by himself for his dark master. For his dark master. Trios be damned. We just want more bone juice for the bone god. Mm-hmm. And so the there's just the ne- the rift between Pentagon, Superfly, and Sexy Star. Uh, Pentagon tries very hard to never include them in the match when he can. But then on the flip side, of course, Sexy Star and Superfly also snub him late afterwards. <laughs> and that's they, arguably... Yeah, sorry, go uh, for you it. Can, uh, you, 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 you go. No, they... they, they they're just they're they're trying to exclude him and pentagon is trying to insert himself um pentagon does get the effectively the very first uh the very first section of the fight for himself Mm -hmm. against uh against mac um because uh, i don't i don't know he just kind of throws himself in there and Mac Mac proves himself to be a really athletic fighter off the bat. He was kind of a bigger dude, but he's he's like he's a flippy boy. He's he's kind of like Kaneish in a way, and that he's like got a lot of mm-hmm. mass, but he's able to be very uh, agile. That's oh cool. yeah. So from the other side of the coin, this match very much exists to introduce the audience to the Mac and Killshot. Yeah, which which is good for like uh, introducing them that they are the cohesive team here, right? And that's how, that's relevant when you look at the other teams already moving on in the tournament, which we'll get to. Oh, cohesion yeah. might be helpful. Yeah, um, Pentagon and Mac in theory are pretty evenly matched, but Pentagon's kind of getting thrown around um, uh, early on in the in the fight, which is interesting to see because usually he's hugely dominant. And this whole fight, I was kind of like thinking, is Pentagon getting deep? in some way here it was interesting to see he wasn't so in control of the situation partially because of the team uh the team dysfunction i think i think it could be a situation of underestimating his opponents that he's never seen the mac or kill shot before he kind of uh, he clearly had no intention of, of doing this a proper team way and you know one on three is a hard fight to win no matter who you are so that's the way I'd look at it. It's not necessarily a depowering, but he he mostly by his own fault in making this a fuck my teammates situation. Got himself in a scenario he wasn't necessarily ready for, caught him off guard. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, it, but it was interesting to see a, a, a more imperfect side of Pentagon. Mm-hmm. And like, well, on one hand, it kind of takes away a little bit from like the mythological scariness he's had up to this point. It also serves to make him a little more well-rounded which i appreciate mm-hmm. um, and don't worry he, i think he gets back his danger factor no by the end he, of de- it, all he definitely this. yeah but but like there's a certain like once you introduce any level of vulnerability here that's just gone period yeah um but it, it's not like gone in a in like a bad irredeemable way just like it's different now um mm-hmm. but yeah so he gets he gets a lot of the first segment and then a dead shot finally tags in at one point and Superfly tags himself in. Uh, he kind of gives he gives uh, like, kind of got a little like whap on the back. Yeah, this, the, these two episodes test a lot of the idea of like you can hit him any, you can hit your opponent anywhere to tag in. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, they really they really play fast and loose with what counts as a tag. Here. Yeah. Oh yeah. 
so Superfly and Killshot have a lot have have a fun have a fun like back and forth of flippity doos together. They, they, oh my god, I, I always forget how insanely good Superfly is. Mm-hmm. What is up with Lucha letting their jobbers be as insanely good as they are? Superfly is a sight to behold. Dude is so fucking good in the air. And Deadshot, Deadshot matches. He's he. Oh I, yeah, I, I, I knew a little I, less flippy than than uh than Superfly in a whole. But damn, damn, it was a, it was a it was a flyboy show there for a hot. Oh second. yeah. And and super and super and uh, excuse me, Killshot also gets allowed to kind of be show resilient side, and he kicks out of one of Pentagon. He kicks out of Pentagon's like not his pile driver, but like his next his Falcon Arrow, one of his bigger moves. And the announcers are like, "Whoa, we have that one, big big boy over here." Yeah. Um, there, there, so the. Uh, the, the, mat, the, mat, the, the the match is proceeding with a lot of uh, a lot of it start it starts to devolve a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's more there's more dysfunction on the side of the sexy team. Uh, right. Big Rick is starting to get frustrated. Of course, at one point, Rick and Sexy find themselves in the ring together, and that goes about friendship. Be friendship. Friendship. Be damn. Like, like when we look back, like we like in Matt Stryker called this out on commentary too. He's talking about last time these two were in the ring together. You know, Rick didn't want to fight Sexy. Like he and and he does frame it as a situation of like we're both we both kind of hate the crew here. I don't really want to hurt you. Uh, we're we don't have to be enemies here. But Rick clearly like we're in a tournament against each other now, so all bets are off. <laughs> Which like. It, it it does make me kind of sad because I like the friendship, but it's kind of gone. Mm-hmm. Um, and Rick's clearly a little more okay with uh, throwing sexy around. Yeah. Um, at, the, at this point, but at the same time, uh, it is it is kind of cool to, to it, it, it it it's it's nice to get a very solid feel for what their relationship looks like at this point. It's not it's not um, it's not just this dude. Uh, it's it's not that they're super close friends. It's not that they were able mm-hmm. to, to 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 redeem themselves all in like a single moment. Yeah, it was more of a tentative friendship, and that's gone now. And maybe, <laughs> you know, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe if they had more time, it could have been a little more firmer ground. But you know, Dario's not gonna have any of that. Oh, oh, we know. Uh, uh, he as 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 we've all established, Dario Cueto, friendship hater. <laughs> yep. Hater of friends. Uh, the match ends when um, I will say that that by the end, Sexy and Pentagon have a few moments together where they can work together. Uh, oh they, yeah! Oh my god! A big moment a where moment. Kill, the actually super cool moment where Killshot is up sitting on the top rope, and and Pentagon gets down to like throw Sexy up up to Killshot to like Hurricane Rana him off the top rope. It's pretty cool. But unfortunately, everything breaks. They break down. Uh, Big Rick is able to take out um, Pentagon. And then Sexy Star tries to jump in for the help. And she gets wrecked (laughs) as well. And then when it's Superfly all alone, not not a good time for him. He kind of just gets walloped on three on one. Mm. He gets pinned. Yeah. uh, And and, and all of a sudden it makes sense why Superfly's in on this. Because we don't want right. any of these other people to be taking the fall here, so of course we got to yeah. designate our, our our jobber. 
Yep. So the team Rick and his and his team win, and Pentagon is like, well, partnership over. Back to what I was doing. Breaking yep. arms. Breaking arms. Yeah, he tries to go for fucking Superfly's arm. Immediately. Immediately. Without without hesitation. He just climbs in there. He's like, all right, all right here we go. Here we go. And the only thing that stops him is Sexy Star Crazy comes Star. back and kicks him in the face and knocks yeah. and, and pushes and gets him away. Waka and waka. then and so Pentagon's just like, oh, oh, I'm coming for you too now. Coming, I'm getting both your arms. Uh uh yeah <laughs> it was it was uh vengeful face on immediately they are doomed Thank you. they are very doomed it's over for you so that is the end of episode 21 yes. so then we go into episode 22 which opens with uh our last dario in the office scene this time he is with the champ Puma. And oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I was like, "Fuck, what was this?" Yeah, this is why I'm glad I wrote it all down. Yeah, yeah. No, you're 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 keeping track of your show notes. I'm keeping track of my thematic notes. All right, we're we're, we're yeah. being good about this. There we go. So Dario is talking up his new trios championship tournament. How he wants the best of the best in this tournament, and so Puma, you're in. Find two partners because and next week you're gonna face King Cuerno and his two partners. But don't worry, also you get to fight Cuerno tonight. <laughs> and as he walks out the door, because Conan is like, Oh fuck this. This is some bullshit. And uh, so as they're walking out the door, Dara's like, Oh, by the way, also your match with Cuerno tonight is for the Lucha Underground title. <laughs> yeah. Dario Cueto is not a huge fan of being very forthcoming about uh, pertinent information. Yeah. So now Puma has a title match he wasn't ready for. Right in tonight. As you do. Again, waka waka. Waka waka, eat shit. <laughs> um, so now we get the first match of the night. The, the trio's title match of the show, episode part of the episode with Angelico, Son of Havoc, and Ivelisse taking on Drago, Aerostar, and Phoenix. This is Phoenix's first match since putting old Mil Muertes in a casket. Yeah, he's back. So many people back tonight. Yeah, like like I mentioned, like I feel like as I I, I I alluded to it in episode 19, and I think it fits episode 22, is they feel like mid-season finales. Even mm -hmm. though they weren't, they just, but they, they feel like them. And this feels like the start of the second half of the year of the season. Everybody's coming back. We got new storylines to do. Yes. We got an exciting new tournament to kind of like get everybody jazzed right here at the start. And uh, if you thought, if you thought that if you listened to us talk about the last trio's title match and you thought sexy star and Pentagon and Superfly didn't get along. Well, here's some more of that. <laughs> because this is a match where both teams don't get along, actually. Oh my god, so much dysfunction. It's so yeah. fucking insane. As as per usual, we ask ourselves, can they coexist? No. And the answer is inevitably always no. Indeed. <laughs> so, Drago and Arrow start getting a little chippy to end their last match together. It hasn't really helped. 
they're still they're not doing great. They haven't patched things up in the week since that happened. So they're at each other's throats the whole match. And then of course, sexy star Evelise and Angelico. There we've covered their love triangle nonsense already. So you can ex- you can guess how their relationship is in this match. Phoenix They is- are they're they're a little they they're definitely the more dysfunctional tag yeah. of, the, of, Phoenix, the, of Phoenix, the match. Phoenix is really just trying to have a match here, guys. <laughs> yeah, poor Phoenix is just dragged into all this bullshit. He's like, I'm I'm just trying to win a title here. What guys? Can can we get yeah. together? Can, can can we get, uh, can we please just get Kumbaya? Uh, <laughs> you know, Kuna Matata. You know, whatever. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, um, the match is really fun, though. Uh, probably my favorite of the episode. It was it was a lot of fun. The for me, I I honestly like the. I, the 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 can they coexist meme is fun enough, um, mm-hmm. but uh, the 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 pure lack of cohesion between Team One made it honestly took it down a little bit for me because like it was a fun effect, but like it wasn't like the most hype match of the night for me on mm-hmm. those grounds. Um, there were two kind of like technical aspects uh, of the fight that I that I kind of really noticed um, that I want to call out. Um, so something I've noticed, so something I noticed like the first time we had it, we had an Ivalice match, and something I really noticed this time is Ivalice does a really, really, really good job at depicting a rough around the edges, unpolished, untrained wrestler. Because she does this really cool thing where she is simultaneously like talented in ring, but deeply unpolished. Um and that's a really impressive feat, I would have to say. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And it probably helps kind of emphasize that being in the ring with at least three other guys who are very polished. In in the luch in the luchadors track. Well, not not even like as, but like, but like, it takes so it has to take so much skill to have. What I'm sure for her is a, is a abundance of wrestling competency because to be as good as she is in ring on a broad level you have to be good in ring mm-hmm. but she's very very good at manipulating her physicality to to make her look uh like noobish and untrained i don't know how she's pulling that off as well as she is but everything looks a little unpolished a little a little rough not super precise but she still gets the job done and does yeah. it well i'm really impressed by that feat that was something that really stuck out to me here oh yeah i would definitely agree and also, we're skipping ahead to, to to the end of the match, but this is the other big thing that stuck out to me as my first. Okay, maybe this whole we're not this whole thing isn't just like saying fuck you to Havoc's character development last time and letting him move on. Havoc is the one that gets the dub in this uh in in this match, which I think was a really smart move because mm-hmm. Evilise like walks off on him and uh, yeah, he tries to tag. He tries to tag. He tries to tag to tag Ivelisse into the match, and she just is like, "Nope, not doing it. I'm leaving. Have fun on your own." Yeah, she, she, she. I mean, she's just always done because she's, she's, yeah, she's the worst. Uh, but with her gone, yep, Havoc is able to get his focus and get the win, and it feels correct. That feels like the objectively correct way to end this. Match. Yeah, 
is Havoc getting to have his moment in the sun once more because he's maturing past Ivelisse and in some ways past this dysfunctional dynamic and is able to exist as his own person. Yeah. Uh, he does pin Drago, which is a little crazy, but oh, this feels, you know, we talked about Superfly being like the obvious pin guy. There's not very many obvious, there's not really an obvious pin guy in this match. Not, yeah, no, not really. Uh, I would, I, I almost said I would pin the, I, like, my first instinct, if I were to look at this completely from the outside, would say, like, would say, be to say, like, and Helico. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, mostly because he just feels like kind of the least important character wise. Yeah. I don't know. Or, yeah, yeah, like, he kind of feels like the least important character wise. Or Phoenix, but Phoenix feels a little too like triumphant and a little too guys. Can't we all just yeah? It would really take the fall for this shit. That and like I don't know if you can have Phoenix lose his first match after the casket match. No, that would just I feel that that would depower depower him a lot. Yeah. Uh, something I noticed in the match is is honestly, Evilly said a lot of the high was involved in a lot of the highlights of this match that I remember, like. When she tags out in the match, when Son of Havoc is there, he she slaps him across the face, and they're <laughs> like, "Well, that's a tag." Yeah, that was fucking hysterical. Oh yeah. Oh my god. I'm like, well, yeah, that's one. That's one way to get a tag in. I suppose. And we we also had uh, uh, Phoenix continuing his white knighting streak. It you know, like, he, I I don't know what else to call it in the sense because like. In a temp in the temple, like intergender wrestling is pretty just accepted as the thing that exists. Mm. Everyone's cool with it, uh, but Phoenix resolutely refuses to wrestle women. Yeah, like every time in for from we've seen in this show, and don't worry, he will get more opportunities to be like this. Like he just doesn't want if he has an opportunity to fight a woman, he's just like, nope, not doing it. Bye bye. <laughs> Please, uh, please move away. Which does kind of let Ivelisse get some hits in on him and feel mm-hmm. and kind of feel like kind of feel like a nice moment show off moment for her. Is that when she gets like the little like fucking kick to his face? Is that was is that when that was? I think that's it. Yeah, like yeah. it's part of a whole sequence of stuff mm-hmm. that that ends with her getting like the top rope uh, DD the tornado DDT. Oh yeah, in the there, yeah, that was pretty sweet. But also a moment that involves us two that isn't in that same vein is that we eventually get a spot wherever where people are on the outside and everyone just starts diving to the yeah. outside. Oh yeah, and Evelise, she's setting up, she's getting uh, ready to go, and Rafe and Phoenix just hops the top rope and jumps before she gets there. Yup, and she Bye-bye. just is standing there like, "Fuck you." I was gonna do the thing. Yeah, she's 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 not too happy about that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, this match also devolves a, a little bit into chaos. Um, as Drago and Aerostar can't totally get along uh, yeah. at a few points. Yeah, which by the way, by the way, they like they frame the shot so you can see it happening in the background when Evilise walks out on Son of Havoc at the exact same time. Drago and Aerostar are just slapping the shit out of each other. 
I know. It's so fucking funny. Mm -hmm. They 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 really saw Evilly slap Havoc for a tag, and they're like, "What if we just did that a bunch of what times? What if we did that to each other? That sounds yeah. like a great idea." Hmm. Hmm. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Was, this this had a lot of this match was this match was surprisingly funny. It just mm -hmm. had a lot of very like comedic moments to it. I noticed. Oh yeah, very good times. So, uh, the completely dysfunctional tag team of the Love Trio have Son of Havoc, Evilies, on Helico. They they kind of pull a bit of an upset, I would think, on Drago, Aristar, and Phoenix, and they get the win. They're going to the finals against uh, Big Rick, uh, Killshot, and Mac, and the winner of the next trios match that we get the Which next episode. I will say I am excited to to have those two be the ones to go up against each other because it mm -hmm. feels like I don't I don't know how to describe this, but it feels like they are the most natural to be featured as part of the the winners of this tournament. The others mm -hmm. all have other their own baggage they can deal with. They these got they got three, uh, they got other stuff going on. Yeah, that these they have three, to deal with. These three, well, I guess these six have kind of the blankest, the the blankest mm -hmm. enough slates that they it feel it feels right to have them be the ones go in going in plot wise to to move on to the next round. So I yeah, you, you look at it from a very like utilitarian perspective of looking of like who's going to win these matches is who are the guy like if you have another storyline going on you're not going to win this tournament because you're going yeah. to pay because the payoff is that you go deal with that for yep. the for both of these two teams they don't have anything else really going on right now because mm -hmm. rick just got done with the crew and the three of them have just the, the, the whole point of them is that, is that they're being forced together um right. to to deal with each other in an odd trio style yeah not, not an odd couple it's odd trio. not an odd couple and on an odd couple plus one yes which kind of describes that whole relationship doesn't it yeah, a little bit. Yeah. So they get the wins. They're going to compete for the trios titles in two episodes from now. Yes. Then we get Puma in the gym. He is doing his pull-ups. And Conan comes in and is like, hey, I got you a partner. Hernandez. What a shock. Yeah, wow. No way. Nepotism. Kind of. And he's like, don't worry. Just you got to go find a third partner. Don't worry about it. But we're good. He's got. He's also, your back. He, yeah, yeah, and and this is again with the stipulation that Cuerno is going to be showing up to their main event match tonight with, with his, his with his team. So and and has got to bring his boys now. Yeah, Conan. Conan's so and Conan feels weirdly confident about like yeah we can just find one one more by tonight last minute no problem. Um, but then Mundo steps out of the shadows and reveals himself as uh, Puma's pick. For yeah. the other member of the tag team, and I will say, I will, uh, and th we'll touch on this a tiny bit more, like in the match itself. But I will say, uh, you know, with me bitching in the front half about how stagnant Puma's character is, I do appreciate the little, little bit of a hint here that he's willing to stand up to Conan sometimes. Yeah, uh, like this a... is this is a clear um, uh, rebellion from Conan because uh, the very first thing we ever learn. <laughs> Between Co because the first episode had Puma versus Mundo. Yep. We've known from the start that Conan thinks Mundo is unreliable and untrustworthy and that mm -hmm. Puma needs to stay away from him. He like he spends nine episodes trying, oh, I guess technically 
seven episodes because episode eight is the prelude to Aztec warfare. But he spends seven episodes trying to foster a rivalry between Mundo and Puma when they are at that point, we're trying to work together to fight Rick. And he's and Conan spends this whole time being like, nah, man, fuck that. This is not your, the, your beef is not with Rick. He's beef isn't with you. Don't worry about it. Move on. And Puma's like, no, that's not the good guy thing to do. Conan's priorities are almost as skewed as fucking Dario's. Yeah. So this is just a callback to that is when Puma needed to get a last minute partner. Who'd he call? He called Mundo. He called. Who are you going to call? Johnny Mundo. And Conan is having. And Conan is having none of it, but is otherwise confident that at least with Hernandez there, nothing bad's going to go down. Yeah. And honestly, Mundo X Puma just continues to rule. Yeah. I love I love the two of them together. They, it's such a it's such a fun team up. And Mundo, for as much as he's such an ostentatious badass, I love I like you know he's like like ostentatious badass. I I love him. He's so much fun. He's like he's like yeah, Cuerno's a slippery bastard. We got to keep an eye out. Bada bing, yeah. bada boom. We gotta, they, get yeah. a, they get a great like multi close up of doing like a secret handshake sort of thing. Oh yeah, they do the thing where he goes like they like, grab each other by the arms. Then they do a regular handshake. Then they do a fist bump, and they like it's it's cut so dramatically. I know. I'm like bam, bam, bam. It was very funny. Bing, bang, boom. Yep. Then we get sexy star versus Superfly. They had, they previewed this match earlier in the show by saying it was going to happen, and then sexy star comes out to the ring, and before we can get going, Dario steps out of his office and he's like, well. You guys are such good friends and everybody knows it. But I want to show I want he goes he said last week you showed an act, sexy star you showed an act of mercy to Superfly by saving him from Pentagon Jr. Well this week I want to see no mercy. And the way that that is going to happen is that this match will be a mask versus mask match. Yup. And to those of our viewers and I, who is not super familiar with Lucha Libre and doesn't understand the importance of that, a mask versus mask match, a form of a luchas de apuestas, is essentially the thing. Like we like if you look at the the biggest difference in terms of like how wrestling is presented between Lucha Libre and any other type of wrestling in the world, really, is that, like, anywhere else in the world, the title is the thing that is, it's all about the title. Winning the title, being champion, blah, 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 blah. Uh, while in Lucha Libre, while it is still an, imp- an important, a big achievement to be champion, you the money-making box office draws are a Lucha's de apuestas, a hair versus hair, a hair versus mask, or a mask versus mask match. Like we I've talked about before on this show about how in Lucha Libre, the mat, your mask is your identity. And it is the, one of the most sacred things that you can have that you as a per about you as a person. And you're a dirty dick bag and piece of shit. If you try to forcibly remove a luchador's mask and a mask versus mask match is where the loser must unmask, and that's a for and that's supposed to be forever. 
by the way. You can get a new mask. You can get a new mask, but like the mask that you lose, you can't ever do that again. Like you're done. You're it's supposed to be like you're done. That that person is dead now. Yes. And it is intent those matches are intended for like this is how you settle like blood feuds. Like the most hated of rivals. It's the match that you have when this is the only way to settle this is yeah. if one of you just has to not exist anymore in yep. the same way. And Dario is just throwing it out there to happen between two friends because he's a giant piece of shit who doesn't respect culture or tradition of the very thing that he's putting in his temple. <laughs> yup. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's kind of a cool aspect of Dario, right? I mean, we've been memeing mm-hmm. this whole time about, like, Dario Cueto hates friendships, but, like, mm-hmm. this is a deeply cynical man who just cares about, like, making money off of this long-standing tradition and doesn't give a fuck what he tramples in the process as long yeah. as he gets that fucking dough. Yep. Like, to him, this is just an exciting way to make a match more more intense. It makes him to... such a good villain, dude. Like to him, none of this shit matters. Like none of that history of 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 bloody feuds over this kind of stuff. Nah, fuck it. Who cares? Yep. And of course, we have his side motivation he's had this whole time of trying to take out these people he clearly doesn't like. And Sexy Star is one of them. So of course, there is an added benefit here of maybe Superfly wins and Sexy Star has to go away. But also he kind of seems to have some contempt for like Superfly too, because he has contempt for like all of his jobbers for just no fucking reason. He doesn't like losers. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess so. Unless um, they serve him Mexican food. I <laughs> true. Oh yeah, yeah. He hates he hates his jobbers except for uh uh El Mariachi uh, Loco. El Mariachi Loco. Oh man. I do have a quick question though about that like mm-hmm. uh Lucha del Puestos thing. Um I feel like there is a huge disparity of importance in a hair versus mask match. Uh, I suppose you. I suppose it would be. Um, but it's it's it is also like a tradition of like real shame and embarrassment to lose your hair. That's fair. And um, I don't know. I don't know enough about the history of these matches in general, but it's also kind of a way to include non luchadors in these kind of situations. That's fair. Mixed mixed fighting. I get that. Yeah. <clears throat> but. So Sexy Star and, and and Superfly, like you can they do a great job of selling how like deeply uncomfortable they are with the situation. Mm. Because they care what about what this all means. And they don't want to have to do this. But they now have to do this. Yeah. And it and it turns very quick. I mean, they they go merciless on each other, which mm-hmm. isn't I thought was an interesting angle for them to take because they they could have played this like still courteous mm-hmm. but uh they don't they they like they they don't they go yeah vicious against each other and i do, feel like it says something i feel like less less it feels it says something less about their characters uh in general but it it says a lot about dario's influence on the people around him mm-hmm. um uh because because he is able to take these two good friends and make them 
go like ruthless against each other. And what's interesting is when the match is done, they go right back to this level of courteousness with each other. And it's like the, the spell of Dario just comes over you. So yeah. Oh. Like I, I, I read it, especially from uh Superfly, this air of the desperation. Oh God. Because they know what it, because they know what it means if they lose and they yeah. can't lose. And I think that plays into what you're saying. Is it like they don't hold back? They they do what Dario wanted them to do. They don't hold back. Yeah, they 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 really go hard on it, and it's terrifying to watch. And the the crazy thing is too, like these characters um, do not exist outside. Well, I don't know if Sexy Star does. Sexy Star definitely does. She does. Okay. She has a she has a very extensive career okay. outside of so sexy uh, star lucha. exists outside of lucha superfly i don't think does um i've never heard i've never seen him before perform under that before so i have to look into that more yeah um but either way so but like one of them doesn't exist outside of lucha and is a job we know how this is going to end and like they're not going to be so psychotic as to like make this dude match on or unmask on TV if he had like a pre-established career. Um mm -hmm. but it was still really heart-wrenching at the end. It was kind of weird. I didn't expect to be that torn up by it. Mm -hmm. Uh in the end, Sexy Star does get the win despite Superfly's best efforts. And that is that. And Sexy Star is unhappy is basically She's and... unhappy about it. No. Nah. And Superfly, he immediately, he kind of doesn't even try to fight it. And I did like, they play that as like how respectful that is that even if they're stuck doing this, he sticks to the tradition of it all. And he like is clearly shocked that he lost. But once that's out of the way, he accepts defeat with honor and offers himself two sexy stars so she can take the mask off. Mm hmm. And, and she, she fights it. She fights it because she knows she's like, please don't make me do it. But like, you know, mm -hmm. honor, proper honor. She must fulfill this part of the deal. Yep. And she does take the mask off and claim his mask for her own, for herself as a as a trophy. And we see poor Superfly unmasked. And but then after that's all over, like they're still able to embrace as friends. Mm. They've made it through, and then here comes Pentagon Jr. to ruin it all. Yep. Which, like, oh my god, what... This this is the moment of, like, he was technically depowered, but, like, man, we're reinstating the monster, like, right off the fucking bat. Like, what a sick asshole bastard. Like, he, this yeah. guy, he, he, he clears out sexy... And mm -hmm. Superfly is there, and he's and like this dude literally just got unmasked. Big traumatic yep. moment, and he's like, "Fuck you! I'm also gonna break your arm." <laughs> oh my god, it was it was so fucking uh, so fucking brutal. I was mad. I was like, "You douchebag!" It was mm -hmm. horrible to watch. It's probably the most quiet reaction Pentagon Junior has gotten so far, because That's as we fair. like as we talk about on this show, like. Despite Pentagon's best efforts to be an evil bastard, everybody loves him anyway because blood yeah. for the blood god. Yeah. And like he still got cheers after the after he did this, but they felt a lot quieter than they usually are. They yeah, I think well, cuz cuz everybody 
everybody fucking like feels for when that luchador has to unmask um and here you follow that insult with even well with injury i guess with injury um (laughs) and 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 get and get a brutal heart-wrenching moment out of out of the whole thing and i think even that takes the hugely bloodthirsty audience back a little bit a little bit even if fucking dario doesn't understand the significance they do Mm -hmm. uh so he breaks superfly's arm and he skedaddles before sexy star comes to kick his ass but he's still like, I'm gonna get you too. Don't worry. Yeah, about yeah. It. He's very like, you're next. You're next, bitch. Like he's going, he's going hard on that. Yep. So that's kind of a setup, a setup for a future plot line of like, sexy star must now avenge her her friend. Yeah. From this v- evil motherfucker who's intent on like, just breaking everybody's arms. All of their jobbers are refrigerated now. What the fuck? I really do want like Viva La Revolution jobbers. Now that they're mm. all like they're all out. They gotta band together, dude. Yep. Uh, then we get to our main event: uh, Prince Puma versus King Cuerno for the Lucha Underground title. And first, uh, Puma comes out with his crew. Uh, notably, Prince Puma comes out wearing a leopard. A, I guess I assume it's a Puma print. A Puma. Uh, skin over his over his body in the similar way to King Cuerno wears his his deer head. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, was, was, it was it was a very intentional like like mocking of Cuerno. It was, and Hernandez and Mundo kind of get along for now. Keep that in mind for later. Yeah, and then here comes the King Cuerno with his still wearing the deer head. Uh, yeah gotta, it was really funny too like there was a ton of fog and like his fucking deer head was like poking out over the fog. oh yeah the fog was over the fog so it's, it's, it's at certain points all you could see was the deer head <laughs> so good yeah and then cuerno reveals his tag team partners the man they call cage oh my god and tahano which Okay, hasty, kind of shitty main events last time are all forgiven. They clean slated. Mm-hmm. Now they're here to do something really cool. God damn it! Fine. Oh yeah, they they kind of like fit perfectly together as a as a duo. I think like these just two bruising asshole bruising assholes. <laughs> they, they, they do yeah they do really fit and are and fit well with Querno. Hmm. And we get this really cool stare down as everybody gets in the ring and just kind of like looks at each other before right before the match starts. Yeah, and it's a it's an intense stare down. Um, mm-hmm. uh, it, it does. It, it is really cool to have like to have the backup ringside, and of course they get used throughout the match to, for some fuckery. But like, it's cool to have everybody just there. Like it feels like the setup to something huge. It was yeah. It was, awesome so we get the match going and it and it and it kind of fits a lot of what you'd expect from cuerno and puma mm-hmm. puma works really well as kind of like the baby face who has to make a comeback and cuerno is the methodical 
gonna beat you down slowly like a predator hunting his prey <laughs> that is a i mean i mean yeah that's that's kind of that's kind of his trademark um mm-hmm. and puma's fighting style is is you know different enough from from mundo's that mm-hmm. uh it does create a different dynamic from what we've been seeing from like Bruno recently um Quirino's fighting it, a real animal this time. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, like, like, uh, he must be very happy to not just be chasing like a dude in a fur coat, but like it's a yeah. real, it's a real life puma. No, yeah, but, like, um, it, it, it almost feels like this this in some ways. Am I crazy or did this feel like ever so slightly like less directly intense than like Mundo Quirino did? I think so, because I don't think there's any real beef between these two. Like Cuerno, like Cuerno is here. Do some, he's here for on business for business. He's he's going for that title. Like the the interpersonal drama here is solely focused on Hernandez and Puma, and the dissolution and the dissolution of that alliance pretty quickly. Yeah, which which like it's funny here because like because Hernandez acts as like a Conan stand-in. But a Conan mm-hmm. standing who's actually like competitively viable. Yeah, and also uh, significantly more obnoxious in his in how he tries to get involved in things. Uh, yeah, because uh, he can he actually has a lot of like physical prowess uh, on mm-hmm. on him that that allows him to uh, yeah allows him to get a lot more directly involved. Yeah, there was this cool moment early in the match where Puma and uh, Cuerno are fighting on the outside and Cuerno has Puma down. And so here come, you get Cage and Tejano run over to also put the boots to him. And of course, and of course, Mundo and Hernandez take forever to get over there to stop anything. And in the me, and when they get over there, Cuerno drags Puma behind Tejano and Cage so he can continue to fuck with him. And then Tejano just w- w- grabs his bull whip and starts whipping the ground to keep to, um, Mundo and, and Hernandez off while he, while um, Cuerno it, like does like this throat slice <laughs> to Puma. Um, Yeah, th- th- he's really like role-playing his future taxidermy of of prince puma i don't he's, know why he's very he's very excited to taxidermy prince puma <laughs> but it does make for a great strand off between the extra boys um, yeah but uh, by the, is, by is, the is, is that what is that when the the like cage throwing querno back in no that's later right that was that was a little bit later okay yeah, yeah, yeah. because they had done like dive stuff on each other and there was there was nobody left out there. But eventually by the end of the match, it comes down. They do a bit where uh, Cuerno has Puma up on his shoulders and Hernandez and Cage jump up on the ring at the same time. Where, where Cage is on the opposite side yelling at, I presumably Cuerno to not fight, to do this thing. But then Hernandez is like, hey, put him down. <laughs> They're 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 clearly doing like a good guy bad guy enforcer thing here, um, uh, to to, yeah. to great effect because I don't know why I've really enjoyed seeing Mundo X Cage here like as a as a like uh mm-hmm. as a 
not team up as a clash those two clashing for some reason i really enjoy it so seeing that seeing them be the like jump up boys here and to be like hey, put yeah. them down. great great moment uh and hernandez is just you know being hernandez <laughs> yeah and so eventually they get down like puma kind of the the distraction lets puma avoid getting hit with anything yeah. and they end up like hitting each other hitting each other's guys in the corner and then puma is able to get an upper hand and then he talks to hernandez he's like hey dude like i don't need your help back off all right i'm do i'm doing this myself and hernandez doesn't listen at all like he continues to just insert himself into the match against whatever Puma's wishing for. And eventually Puma is able to hit the 630 anyway and he does a cute little bit where he get he, he goes up to the top rope in the corner where Cuerno has his deer head planted. And he like kisses the nose of the fake of the deer head. Wait, I totally missed that. That's adorable. Oh yeah, it was a little, it was, yeah, it was a quick it was a, it was a it was a blink and you miss it moment, but I did notice it's like, oh that's cute. And then he hits Cuerno with a 630 and gets the win and retains the title uh and then hernandez gets in the ring and tries to like give him the belt and puma's like dude no get back off we are not friends yeah i know uh, he uh he's really pissed that conan's like forcing this friendship onto him yeah and hernandez is like trying to hand him the belt and he tries to raise his hand instead of the referee and he's like dude no go he's away like, and before that has a chance to really like blow over and get worse uh cuerno uh cuerno tejano and cage all kind of jump in the ring to start throwing hands because they still got a tag match against each other next week and mundo jumps in and, and it all just kind of devolves into fighting as the show goes off the air um yeah i i do love that cage popped into the ring with no shirt on he's like i gotta oh, get yeah. involved Oh Shirt yeah, dude, off, dude. Yeah, dude had dude wore a tank top the whole match, and then at some point he took his shirt off. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, the, he 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 just is like he's like I gotta Hulk out shirt off. Ah, and of course it's attacked by fellow shirtless boy Johnny Mundo because Johnny Mundo just fucking walked out here shirtless because of course yeah Mundo did. Mundo never wore a shirt that so that's fine. he 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 just he just loves he just loves having those pecs. I don't know so yeah. <laughs> so a bit of a chaotic ending to the episode this week as we build anticipation to the trios match next week to decide the last team involved in the championship finals yep they uh the, yeah the final the the we're we're, we're moving towards something big kind of quickly i think um, yeah, they 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 explicitly are like a month long tournament to kind of not make you think about how this is taking place over four episodes and has four matches. Yeah, and again, as important as the championship, then why are we rushing this? Yeah, there's not very many people involved here. And again, no crew, not the one actual trio that you had Maybe coming into show this. Show up later. Oh, fucking. Oh, I'm certain they will. Yeah, yeah. So I think overall, pretty solid two episodes. It was, it was, it was awesome. Uh, mm -hmm. I really, I really enjoyed uh, this whole this this kind of two part set. Um, yeah, great story beats, great character beats, really fun matches. Um, we're back to we're back to like Lucha to Dynasty. Return to form. Like, one week kind of faltering, but like, damn, it was good after that. Yeah, return to form as we start the second half of season one. 
going forward. Yes, yes. Yeah, it very was awesome. Yeah, I, I, I love this show so much for such, for I just it is so good. I love it here. I love Lucha. More, please, always. Yes. Yep. Uh, but for next time, uh, we return to NWO to WCW 1996 one last time. Uh, as we go hawk to hog wild 1996. Oh man. Uh, we are live. We'll be live from the Sturgis Motorcycle Festival in North Dakota. We're and some really interesting locales at WCW. We do. We do get that. And the it's the, it's time for the big match. Is the giant is the WCW champion? And you know, if we assume that being a champion is of significance in terms of power struct power dynamics, and we I guess we have to assume that's true, then he might be the last line of defense. Because Hollywood Hulk Hogan is coming for that title, brother. Oh God! Oh man, I'm uh, I'm very excited. Uh, yep. We're damn. We're we're just hitting a lot of big beats with Hulk Hogan's career recently. Yeah, this, this is the Hulk Hogan podcast now. Great. Oh God! Oh, he's taking over. God damn it! He's taking the new world order is taking the new world over, organization, brother. The new world organization, of course. The new world yeah. organizations. Yeah, this podcast. Yeah. Uh, but until then, David, hit our plugs. Yes, sir. All right, my friends, my dear, 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 dear friends. Thank you so much for yet uh, joining us on yet another episode of the Noobs and Knockouts podcast. Um, we are so happy to have you here. If you are a returning listener, viewer, what have you, thank you so much for being with us once again. Welcoming us back into your eardrums, your eyeballs whatever we just love that you join us week after week and we hope you're having a great time we're certainly having a great time uh we just love having a great time together with everybody uh if you are a first time listener viewer would have you welcome 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 my friends we here the noobs and knockouts podcast like to think we are friendly to both noobs and knockouts alike so whether you are a first time wrestling enjoyer or a long time veteran of the fandom we hope you feel welcome here. We hope you're having a great time with us. If you are and you would like to continue to have a great time with us and you're not entirely sure how to do so, well, not to worry, my friends, I have you covered. First of all, you can find us on YouTube. We are the Noobs and Knockouts Podcast on YouTube. Hit subscribe, ring that bell, make sure it turns a nice little solid color so you get notifications every time, every single time we drop a new episode. Like, comment, share, add us to your playlist. Check out our playlist on YouTube. All of our uh, arcs that we follow are organized very kindly by Mr. Austin into nice mm -hmm. little neat playlists. It's super cool. I love uh, that it's there. And if you want to follow a certain era, a certain uh, company, whatever, it's all right there streamlined. It's phenomenal. And you can kind of like grow with us as, as our, as our podcast goes, it goes from like early episodes to late episodes for some of these Lucia, especially mm -hmm. Hey, um, yeah. Uh, so be sure to check all of that out. You can also find us on audio only formats. If you don't like using your eyeballs for, for things like this, that's totally fine. We understand. That's why we are on three of the best places to find podcasts, which would be Spotify, Apple, and Google. Uh, uh, download us, rate us, whatever the else you do on those platforms to, to let them know that we're super cool. Uh, and that maybe people should listen to more to us. Check us out. We are the Noobs and Knockouts podcast on Spotify, on Apple podcasts, on Google podcasts, on all of those platforms. We hope to have you tune in and check us all out there as well. You can also find us on uh, several different social media platforms. First and foremost being our Twitter. Uh, we are at noobs and Pod on twitter.com. That is noobs, the letter N, Pod at twitter.com. Uh, we post every single time we drop new episodes there. We interact with the broader fandom on a whole. We drop some dank, dank, 
dank memes. Uh, and of course, the highlight of our social media interaction, Austin uh, live tweets his live wrestling viewing experience. Uh, my friend, what is on the docket coming up? Of course. So, as, as usual, every single Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern on TNT is AEW Dynamite. If you're watching the video version, I'm wearing my AEW shirt right now to this episode tonight. And that's uh, the most consistent live wrestling I watch every week. So I'm going to go ahead and live tweet. And hey, sometimes David might jump in too, as he did uh, a couple the weeks. Uh, he gave last week. Last week, it was awesome. Yes, so uh, it's the last Saturday Dynamite. I was unavailable, and so David filled in. Uh, so you know he might get involved too. Uh, and then, of course, we have uh, the pay per views of WWE, uh, AEW, and Impact Wrestling. Upcoming on ahead of those is is uh, AEW has full gear, one of their annual uh, four annual pay per views on November 13th. That is only a couple of weeks away. And oh boy, howdy, do we have do we have a main event? Kenny Omega versus Hangman Adam Page for the AEW title. Hangman is winning the title, guys. You should definitely tune in to see Hangman win the title. It's really been two be years. Responsible, but even I'm considering dropping that 60 bucks. It's going to be fucking amazing. It's two years in the making. Meanwhile, a week after that, on November 21st, is WWE Survivor Series. One of WWE's big four pay-per-views because they are it's one of the original four. WrestleMania, Royal Rumble, SummerSlam, and Survivor Series. And uh, in most recent years, it has become a gimmick to make it a Raw versus SmackDown-themed pay-per-view, which uh, is a little formulaic, but also it's actually pretty fun because you get to see matches between all the... Especially you get the champion versus champion matches. Like right now, you got Becky Lynch versus Charlotte among the two women's champions. You'd be looking at Big E versus Roman Reigns, the Universal Champion versus the WWE Champion. Like really fun stuff. So the very so even if it feels a little weird, some storyline wise, it's all a little dumb. But like the matches are gonna be lit. So definitely want to maybe take a look at that one. And then. Uh, for Impact Wrestling, they also only have four pay-per-views a year, and they just got finished with uh, Bound for Glory just this past week. So their next pay-per-view was not till January 8th with Hard to Kill. I'll be mentioning it for the next few months, but there's not really anything to talk about yet because they just got done with, like, as of airing, as of taping this episode, they haven't even aired an episode of Impact Wrestling yet since their pay-per-view. So, you know, I got nothing to talk about. <laughs> on that note but that is what our twitter uh live tweeting will be going forward so be sure to check all of that out austin's live tweeting is fucking awesome uh he he drops really great uh insights really funny jokes mm -hmm. uh just generally good stuff all around uh be sure to check that out i can certainly speak with experience when i say austin is a phenomenal person to spend your time watching wrestling with even if it's in a digital only format um uh so be sure to check all of that out oh you can also find us at our email address we are uh noobs and knockouts pod at gmail.com that's noobs the word and this time knockouts pod at gmail.com come say hi to us come you know just tell us what you think of the show what you like we don't like suggestions for more stuff coming up in the future that you might want to see uh uh special episodes arcs anything of that nature uh 
generally telling us that you love to hear our sweet, sexy voices week after week after week, as you do. We love to hear it no matter what. Just mm-hmm. come say hi to us. We love saying hi. Uh, we would love uh, We would love to just have that interaction with our awesome fans. Yeah. Um, noobsandknockoutspod at gmail.com. And finally, you can find us on Patreon. We are also the Noobs and Knockouts Podcast on Patreon. $1 a month gets you early access to episodes and a shout-out at the end of each episode. See you all next time. Later.